and welcome to podcast 278 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Dupe, Joe and Mr Madden. Hello gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Matthew. Of course evening, yeah. This is probably one of the later podcasts we've recorded nice. in comparison to when it's actually due to oh, go out. Yeah. Lastminute.com. Well, it's not. We just, just your brother you know, died. It's, it's, it's just get uh, it out of there. This is why it's this is the excuse. Yeah, it snowed. Uh, how many? Um, <laughs> there, there, there's 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 a multitude. I of had excuses. to play fucking fantasy football. Christmas. Right? <laughs> People are getting busy. All of that stuff, you know. Um, on this week's pod, though, we have a save update from Dupe because he's been a busy boy when it comes to. Um, well, he kind of has to be a busy boy. That's when it podcast comes to bingo, it. isn't it? Busy boy. Mm. Busy it's been boy. A busy it's boy. been a while, to be fair. It's 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 been a while as well, but um, it has been a while uh, since he's updated us on his uh, ten sixty Munich save. So we'll uh, catch up with him shortly, and then our main focus for this week is going to be on three man midfields. That's kind of been inspired by what Gareth Southgate has put together with England. And uh, we'll, I guess we'll kind of structure it around that and the different roles that he's used within that midfield triumvirate. But before that, there might be a quiz as well at some point. But, um, Dupe, I'll hand over to you. If Fantastic. You ready. I'm always ready. So, uh, I think we last caught up just as we had finished our first season in uh, in Germany, uh, and we got promoted from the third tier to the second tier. Uh, we we were in a bit of a sticky position because we needed to, to obviously strengthen the squad, but I wanted to go straight back up again, and I wanted to go straight up to the Bundesliga, but what I didn't want to do was like have to be stagnant in this league by buying players and, and all that nonsense. So we turned into Lone FC. Um, we brought in players such as Louis Barry uh, on loan, Esposito on loan, um, we brought in a couple of uh, young players from Brazil. Teles Costa was one of them, a very good midfielder. Um, and we brought in, and then we actually brought a player called Seydou Traore, who was well, is incredible. Ivorian lad, lovely lad. Uh, we'll get onto him later, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, basically, we had to change our squad right up. And we started the season brilliantly. I think six, seven games in, we were top of the league. We had won every game, that, apart from the uh, the Pokal game, we had won all the games we needed to win. And then a uh, football manager decided to drop a new patch. And we then fell a little bit. We fell off. The, we fell off, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, seven games, we won one game. Um, and we were just dropping like a stone. Uh, and then at Christmas, we brought in, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, so there's a bingo card. Adam Holzek from oh, yeah. uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, the Czech winger. We've got him in on loan. He kind of broke the bank a little bit for him, but we we had to change the system up. The patch When the patch went live, I just couldn't get this system to work, so we had to mix it up a bit. He came in, he played off the left, and he was just tremendous. Um, he created so many more chances for us. He may not have got the assist, but like you see him like playing the pass before the pass. February was a beautiful month going into March. And then uh, and we actually, luckily, because everyone else decided to drop points around us, uh, we went up after in April and got promoted back to the promised land. 
when when the patch dropped mm-hmm. and you was going through a bit of a ship run of form, mm-hmm. did you change anything? Were you tinkering or? Yes. <clears throat> so um, it sounds like you just carried on playing the same thing, expecting it to change. No, <laughs> no. Well, the patch <laughs> came in, and then I played like five games, and I just saw five, six games, and I saw the form just drop off. Um, we obviously backed it up with a new strike, a uh, new winger, but we didn't have the quality wingers that I needed to be able to, to to switch the system too much and rely just on a sole winger. We then went with two up top because we were we were not scoring enough goals. I brought another man into midfield because, well, we were leaking goals. Um, still liking that Volante, um, but we, we were just trying to partner them up with a couple more players just to give him a hand. Uh, and give that back four a hand. Again, a very young back four, a very inexperienced back four, and not a great back four, which was obviously causing us a lot of problems. But yeah, we did a lot of tinkering, we did a lot of changes, and change of the system is the sole reason we are in the Bundesliga now. If we didn't change that system, we would never have got there, because it would have just we would have just fell off the cliff and just stayed, and just stayed in that rut. So the change was 100% necessary. Would you just say to Traore fella, because I saw some of your tweets, and there was a silly amount of goals. Where like, I'd never heard of him before, and in fact, he's not even in my save, whatever way I've set up the database. And there was like 50k players in it when I set it up. Where mm-hmm. have you got him from, and why can't I find him? Okay, so um, we will. I will come back to that, if that's okay. I'm just going to quickly let you know what happened at the start of the Bundesliga mm. season, because he comes very much to the for- forefront of us. Um, that season, uh, Bayern Munich won the Bundesliga, the Pokal, and they also won the Champions League, oh dear. which which meant at the end of season two, they were 33 titles ahead, 19 Pokals and seven European Cups, which is uh, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, jumping on to that, that third season, Matt, this was our first season in the Bundesliga. Um, he was one of the only players we were left with, uh, was Traore. We brought in a few other players again. Nobody massive, nobody big. It was another season where we only had a couple of million to spend and the idea was to pick up as many frees as we can, as many loans as we can and just try and build something that could do some damage and just stay up. The main goal was to stay up. Everyone, the media, everyone thought we would be relegated. Uh, Everyone thought we would be the team that would be the the most likely to go down. Um, We started the season very well and come Christmas, we were sat in seventh place. And results had gone remarkably well. We've played like everybody once. The big teams we lost to, Leipzig, Bayern Munich, all those sorts of teams we lost to. But Seydou Traore was top goal scorer after 14 games with 17 league goals he had. Right? He had 17 league goals. He averaged 7.61 for those, seven, uh, those 14 league games. He... Um, He'd also scored three in the Pokal, so 20 goals in uh, 16 games, which is just phenomenal. We brought him in from uh, a place I can't pronounce, but we'll go back there in a minute. And um, things were looking rosy with him. It looked very, very positive. Um, I was very happy with him. He, he, we brought him in, like I said, the, first, the second season, bedded him in a little bit, and he just, he just came through and absolutely took the ball by the horns. Uh, and then on transfer deadline day, a few players came in for him. And uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, 
my board decided on the witching hour, the last hour, to accept a forty million pound bid from Brighton. I couldn't then replace him, and he went to Brighton in the Championship. We were seventh in Bundesliga when we went. Forty million to the Championship. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually he's from Ivory Coast. He's he, I bought him from an Ivory Coast team, racing club. Abidjan, isn't their name is the Abidjan. I'm going to guess it at that. I'll put a screenshot up. People can have a look. Um, he went to Brighton. He did fuck all at Brighton. Um, and what he did was again, we just could not score. Uh, our goals absolutely dried up. We went through an absolute rough spell after Christmas. Um, and I think from January to, I think it was like the second week in May, we had only won three league games. Um, and we were right down with the potential to be dropping out of the Bundesliga. Luckily, that early season form had helped us. And uh, we, we on the penultimate day, we beat Stuttgart to guarantee that we wouldn't be dragged into the playoffs. And actually, we finished mid-table um, and did very, very well. 12% um, of turnover uh, was spent on wages. We were bottom by a country mile. Um, we we got, we got about a forty million pound transfer. Uh, we we earned forty million quid for finishing eleventh, which is a crazy amount of money. They just announced they want to build a new stadium, uh, and we uh, we got about thirty million to spend on new transfers. Um, I spent one hundred and eighty grand a week on wages in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich had eleven. Uh, Fourteen of their players were being paid more than one hundred eighty grand a week, <laughs> so it was like it's it's a hell of a jump. We've now gone up to haven't been allowed about seven hundred and fifty grand a week, so we'll be able to bring in a hell of a lot more players. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a struggle, um, but it's been a really enjoyable struggle. You know, when you just like can't stop hitting continue. Uh, that was kind of me the last couple of weeks. To be fair, I've just been smashing for it. Uh. Last update, you said about like there being uh, like the presidential elections. Uh, have you had any more of those? No, thankfully not. However, I will say this: um, we were asked to um, just avoid relegation, bravely fight, avoid relegation uh, for our current season in our five-year plan. And this is from our lovely, lovely president, who again sold our best player. Um, we then finish mid-table and because we had had been on an incredibly poor run at the end of the season he asked for a meeting and he said you're on a, you're on a terrible run you know uh we feel that you should be doing better than this explain why you're on a terrible run and i kind of looked <laughs> i think if it was if it was in real life i think i'd have just jumped the fucking table and hit him like you've sold my best striker but <laughs> right? we are so far behind these other teams and yet you're asking this stupid question. Um, but yeah, luckily we've been able to keep our job and we're not on a promise with them. Um, we, I just went in and said it's a tough run of, four, a tough run of fixtures. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Brilliant, thank you. Um, but he's improved our youth recruitment every See, that, time we've asked him. He's like that, that is that situation that you've just said. That he, There should be like a contextual option like to say, to, that basically you say, like, you sold our best yeah. player like on the eve of deadline, yeah. well, the last the the last moment of deadline day, I couldn't replace him. What am I expect? What are you expecting me to do? 
Like that that is what should happen, right? Really? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think uh it come through to say that this was our best league position since sixty eight or something. Nineteen sixty eight. So like get back in your box, pal. You know, come on. Calm yourself down a bit because we we've worked hard with this. But uh yeah. Um I'm a bit confused about the new stadium because we haven't been selling out yet. And I asked for a stadium expansion and he was like, yeah, no problem. And now they've just, at the end of the season, they went, we're going to cancel that and we're now just going to build a new stadium. Um, but we are completely zero net debt. We're debt free as well. And I've currently got 70 million pounds in the bank, which is ludicrous. Really. He's got no money. Never said that. I haven't said that now. I've still, I've done quite a lot of my transfers, and I won't. I haven't released it on Twitter yet. So, and I'm not going to get it out before tomorrow. So, um, I've got some really good signings coming. And in. the transfers. Sorry? And the transfers. <laughs> I got some really good guys coming in. I'm impressed with some of the signings we've been able to do, and I've still got 20 million in the bank to go and buy a world class striker. So that's going to be structured. Couldn't get Sesco though, could you? Spoilers. <laughs> no, I went in for Sesco. Um, as soon as my guy left. We only got like 10% of the sale. So I got like 6 million. Um, so I couldn't do anything. And, and it was in the last hour. Um, our transfer deadline had passed. And then I'd hit continue. And then it said confirmed signing had gone through. So I couldn't have done anything with it. So I was just scouting. I was going to a few of the Sesco games. And he was like, uh, I'm not really sure. You know, da, 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 da. Managed to get a deal done in the summer. Sesco just went, yeah, I don't even want to talk to you, mate. Like, I'm not, I don't even want to talk to you. Uh, so he's, uh, I think he's still at Leipzig and hasn't left and hasn't played last season. So I don't know what he's talking about. So before we move on, the tactic at the end of last season, mm -hmm. you you put an APA in the tactic. Yeah, we had a really good would, conversation. Would, would, would you like to debunk Mad's CM attack versus an AP attack <laughs> before we Bring move on, on to three man midfields? Bring <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'm a big lover. As you know, Mad, I'm a big lover of the CM attack, right? Um, this year, my favourite role in the midfield has been the Volante until last season. The way that... Like, so he's playing. So I play a three-man midfield, two DMs. I've got a ball-winning midfielder on support. I've got a Volante attack, and then I've got an AP attack in the CM position, right? And, and the way that that CM... The, the AP attack just like finds so much space higher up the pitch is just insane. And there's no one in front of him. I mean, he's got two strikers uh, offset and then he's got a, an advanced forward on the left. But like, there's just so much space for him just to be available for passes. Like, he's always got the ball. Um, if you, you know, like when you, you see any highlight you see, he will be involved in said highlight regardless. Um, and like he just runs so late into that box because he's always in that space. He picks up a few goals from there. He is better than the CM attack. Ooh. Absolute better. Last year's CM attack, not this year's CM attack. AP it, okay. attack in centre midfield role is better than last year's centre midfielder attack. And how, how you come to play in that role was because of Lucas Paqueta. Yes. And I was, I've been, I've been playing him as an APA for West Ham, and my God, he's playing like a. He just gets into striking positions. It's, the runs are brilliant. So I'm going to just peel back the curtain, if that's okay. So 
you all know because you've been there. Me and Joe, uh, Joe had come up to my house last week and um, we went for breakfast. Okay. We are sat. Breakfast. Breakfast. We are sat <laughs> in the in igloo, right? Which is where we went after the piss up and, and we were sat up there and, and all dying uh, a slow and painful death. And as we're there, me and Joe, we're having our breakfast and um, Joe's talking about the point CM. again, no? So I didn't have a that, pint like, I was driving. I mean, we didn't even go to Igloo. We went to Gilo's. No, we didn't. Was it not? <laughs> did we not go to Igloo? We went to no. Gilo's. But you used... Okay, we, wherever we were, sat, yeah, we went to the garden centre. Mm. You're right. Joe used the salt and pepper to explain the movement of the AP attack. <laughs> and I just felt like this is tremendous. <laughs> like I wanted to I, film had, it and get it out. We had two cans. We had two cans of, of drink and we had a salt and pepper shaker. And I was I was doing tactical on the on the table in a garden center in the freezing cold whilst we waited for them to bring the salad out so i can get my missus one so she can stop nagging at me there you go there's the truth um but it felt you know very much like you see those like trying to explain the offside rule with glass it was just like that uh and i, and I took took that knowledge and i've gone forward with it yeah but it's lovely but yeah good band thank you joe so looking at that rule dude then like is your is, is it i suppose what's doing it for you is it the goal is it him scoring goals or getting in goal scoring positions? Is it receiving the ball back to goal, kind of facing the goal, assists? What is it about the APD? It's just, like I said, a bit like um, Adam was. He's just, he's not, he's not getting the most goals, right? He's not scoring the mm. most. He's not creating the most assists. But what he is doing is he's linking the play so well. He's always, um, he's so quick. He's, he's, he's always an outlet, right? So if we, if what, like the, the ball winner wins it back or the Volante's got it, or even if the wing backs have got it, there's so many times you see the ball being whipped into him and he turns on it and just finds the pass, which then, because we're playing two strikers, is normally to my pressing forward, who will then pass it to my, my main number nine. And nine times out of 10, there's the goal. But he doesn't get, he doesn't get the credit he, he deserves. Statistics-wise, I've only got this year's um, stats. I haven't got last year's because that's not a thing unfortunately. But the average rating in, in preseason, he hasn't been great. But, like, his just the amount of pass percentage completion the is highlights just, and stuff. Yeah, you have to go right back, right? But, like, it is just so so sexual. It is so nice to see. Um, I've got him on shoot less often, which I believe is is a, is a automatic when you have him on attack. Uh, and all I've got him is I make sure that his, his passing is shorter and when we have the ball, he I haven't got him going any further forward. So it is very much a basic out-the-box AP attack. Um, and yeah, he just does the business. One thing that um, I like to do uh, is if we come up against a team that's playing a DM, um, you do find that he gets man-marked by the DM. So then I always man-mark him on one of the wing-backs. And then what you find is he drifts wide and then just creates so much space for that Volante to run into. So there's been a couple of like things that I've seen, but he is very much the the pinnacle of the squad, and that's why when I you know when I come it comes out tomorrow who we've purchased, you'll see why I've purchased said player because phenomenal. Is it Lucas Paqueta? No. <laughs> Salt and pepper. <laughs> I had well, with Paqueta. It's weird because I, when I took over at West Ham after again normal thing, sim the season took him over. They'd been training him as a deep line forward. And I was like, well, fuck that. That's not where he's going to play. But then I, th I don't know whether it's because he'd been training as that 
like he was basically making those runs, and then because he was in the forward position, he was just bagging goals for fun. Both are. Mm. Yeah, very nice. Uh, I'm I'm impressed with it. I remember. I remember. I mean, this is a slight tangent, but it wouldn't be a podcast. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> I I remember uh, someone trying to convert. I think it may have been on the forums trying to convert Steven Gerrard. So that's how long ago it was into a deep lying forward. Like try basically trying to force Liverpool to play a four four two with Gerrard feeding the main striker. So um, that's sort of what you saying about Piquetta being. I, well, it's, it's Paquetar, isn't it? It's um, There was a, a really good TIFO video that explained lots of Brazilian pronunciations. Uh, some of them are mental, but um, again, tangents galore. Uh, so I just want to mention one thing, as you just mentioned that. One thing I've done, No, thank you, is um, I've, <laughs> I've got an Argentinian left winger who is bulky. Like, he's a tall... The best way for me to describe him is he's a winger, but he's... He's he's probably twice the height of Gary Medell, but built like Gary Medell, right? So he's a feisty bugger, and I've got him playing Salundo Valente. <laughs> so as tall as he is yeah, wide, but is I've, that what you're trying I've to say? I've got him playing as a Salundo Valente. Segundo, yeah, Valente. one of those. Because what he does <laughs> is when he he dribbles the ball so well, and he, he his passing's great, and it really does like again tangent wise, but it is okay to try different things. And like get players playing in roles that you don't, they don't like, but train them in them. And if they've got the attributes for it, they'll do okay. They genuinely will. So um, I I I remember the first year where the Segundo Volante was a role, and I feel like it was one of those game breaking situations. Kind of, I guess, kind of like when the Mazala came in, and again we've seen resurgences of the the central midfielder on attack and. Clearly now the advanced playmaker on attack two, but the Segundo Valente on on attack felt like a cheat code because you could play him in DM and the runs he would make he would go so far forward in comparison to many of the other central midfield roles. Uh, it was also I, I had a save with Blackburn and it was Richie Smallwood who I had in this role and he scored banger after banger distance and to be fair that season in real life he did score an absolutely ridiculous goal that I watched um, I went to see them uh, play Milton Keynes Milton Keynes Dons so it was when Blackburn were in League One um, we played played Milton Keynes Dons in the what would it I think it was Carabao at that point and it, it was from like 35 yards and you just smashed it but you, you saw the swerve on the ball one of the best goals I've seen from behind like the goal Watch it like watching it go into the opposite net, um, that I've ever seen live. Uh, so and the fact that it was like a League One standard player is it blows my mind a bit. But anyway, tangents over and done with. Thank you for your update, Duke. Um, we are going to move into talking more about midfield, uh, predominantly how the English midfield has, um, well, was set up, um, in this year's World Cup with the. The triumvirate of Henderson, Bellingham, and Rice. I mean, uh, I think all of them have had a fantastic tournament. Obviously, we are recording this post quarterfinals where England were dumped out by France. But I have personally really enjoyed watching. I feel like it's the coming of age of Jude Bellingham. Like, uh, because unless you watch the 
the Bundesliga every week. I'm not admitting I do. I'm not saying I do at all. Uh, you, you'll see the occasional clip, but this has been sort of the first time a lot of people will seen will have seen Bellingham in any form of like extended game time. And seeing him making these rampaging runs from midfield, I think it kind of inspired all of us, as well as watching Declan Rice boss it in sort of in that shielding role he's performed so well. Um, so I guess who wants to start with? Um, we'll, we'll I guess define the roles in which we think each of those players has played for England during the 2022 World Cup, and then move on from there. I think last night it probably would have been DM, box to box midfielder, and a Valente for the three mm-hmm. for me. Um, Henderson was making, he, he was playing a little bit deeper than Bellingham at times, but he was making runs into the channels. Bellingham was just absolutely everywhere, and they say Rice was just like he's he was the epitome of like a defensive midfielder where you just select what you want him to do. Because he just had no player instructions. It's like basically just let the player do his job. And it was uh Yeah, upsetting that their three probably got the better of our three, but I said to someone on Twitter last night, I would never have had Henderson in that midfield at the start of the tournament. And then last night I prayed that he would start. Uh I actually think he done he he made that midfield. Um so I was glad that they dropped Mount. And that's not, I'm not criticizing Mount, but I think it you could tell the one game, obviously, that Bellingham played a slightly different position was the game where he was average, um, which was the USA game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as they went to Henderson, Bellingham and Rice, that midfield just worked. Every, everything clicked with all of them. Yeah, even, even, even before that as well, I was wondering, I, it might have been early on in the game. I seem to think that Henderson was kind of hanging out that right-hand side quite a little bit as well. Um, to the point where I was like, am I seeing some kind of Mezala-esque features here? Just for yeah, a while, it wasn't was for thinking. much of the game. Um, I, but I think he was asked he to done. do that. I think he was asked to do that because I think Walker was never going to get forward and give yeah. Saka support. So I think that was kind of his thing, that Walker was just stay with Mbappe. Um, and I, it was a shame, really, that he didn't take more risk because Mbappe will never follow him. So Walker could have bombed on knowing full well. The problem is, we gave the ball away so many times that we would have been fucked if he hadn't have stayed back. You know, we we lost the ball so many times where France, it was just easy to go bang, 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 and they had a chance. But exactly what happened with, obviously, their first goal. Look, looking, at, <clears throat> looking at Bellingham then, like, did you... I watched all, I watched all the England games. I didn't watch well, one. You're like, half English, aren't you? So, you know. Prefer not to speak. Um, <laughs> do you, was Bellingham? Do you think Bellingham was in that box to box role kind of for the you're, whole? You're like the, the Declan Rice of his podcast, thinking about it. Let's not go there. Now. Come on, we're going to open <laughs> up kind of worms that we'll never close. The Jack Grealish. We don't even go there. That's Jack not, Grealish is another one. Let's yeah. not forget he fucks French as well. Or, or is he the, the okay. Tony Cascarino of the pod? <laughs> I get my coat. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to be the Tony Cascarino of a podcast. Um. No, I was just looking at Bellingham in that role as a as a box, and I think I think that's the most accurate role to describe what he was doing. But I just feel like maybe it's the player. But I I find sometimes the role isn't that effective in football manager. Yes, you need a player with stamina, bombing up and down, and just being in kind of all the right places defensively and attacking. 
but I just think he was I feel like he's given a lot more on the ball than I'd see a box to box do in in the match engine in terms of actually being on the ball holding the ball she, you know as opposed to went to the player down. search go to the player search and pick the attributes for a box to box midfielder and it's about 20 attributes it looks for so I think yeah. it, getting a good box to box midfielder is well I mean if you try and search for one by a box to box midfielder there's not a lot so you have to be some kind of player to be a dominant box to box midfielder yeah I mean, he was just, he, he was class. He was everywhere. He was up. I mean, this year in the Champions League, he was good. He's been he's been good previously. Obviously, he's you know nineteen. He's still still young. This year for Dortmund, like in the Champions League, that he has been incredible. I watched um, a Bundesliga uh, highlight show before the World Cup, and they were literally highlighting him as like being top of everything, like tackles, interceptions, forward runs, like every every kind of statistic they were looking at, he was top of it. So I think this year he's really upped his game. It, it was also like his ability to sense danger and like counter like a lot of a lot of the effective attacks came through him like if a set piece had broken down for the opposition uh, driving forward collecting the ball I think we've spoken about it before um, about sort of trying to think of a player that he kind of plays like, and I don't think there really is one because he's like like your your quintessential modern midfielder uh, who kind of occupies a number of different roles. He's kind of an eight, but a bit of a ten. Well, he's, it, and but he, you know he, what he's he like? can start sort of deeper as well. He is the Croatian midfield because they yes, they literally no, are like a six, eight, and ten, uh, yeah. or or. or a, Whatever you want to call them, yeah, you know, whichever, whichever set of numbers like Number the Croatian, format, yeah. the Croatian <laughs> midfielders, they literally all three of them can play all the positions brilliantly, and that's what Bellingham is like. You know, he's got a bit of, you know, the Brozovic, the Modric. He's he, he's got a bit of everything in there. And also, I think, it, and because of that, his starting position does change, and the fact that he is able to do everything. Uh, is is great. The fact that he doesn't, he's not afraid to get into tackles either. You see a lot of midfielders that are a, a bit more fancy in how they play. He's not afraid of a tackle. He's equally really good at marking as well. Um, that you you have to be to be able to intercept like he has. He kind of reminds me a bit of, and I, I said this to my brother when we were having a conversation about him after the. Uh, the quarterfinal versus France. He, he reminds me a bit, a bit of Jack Wilshire and how he used to break from deeper. It's just that he had, like Jude Bellingham has ankles. this physicality <laughs> to uh, ankle. Yeah, but has a physicality to his game that Jack Wilshire just didn't like. He had bite in attack in the tackle, but he didn't really have like pace like Bellingham has, where he like he's obviously taller, and as a result has a wider gait, and so is is quicker. As, but when as he a gets bit of going, about him as well. I don't know. If yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's kind of who yeah. I was trying to think of someone similar that could that would doesn't mind sticking his foot in, but equally can, you know, you'd expect him to be popping up at the edge of the box to have a, having a ping, and I kind of I kind of thought a little bit of Paul Ince, but the modern version, you know, because yeah. football's different to how you know when Paul Ince played, um, but that was the kind of player that 
I kind of thought he was like similar to a maybe even England. a bit like early Roy Keane as yeah. well. Like there's a like they Paul Ince and Keane played a similar way, especially sort of when they had, there was that dovetail period at United. I mean, can I? Um, I just want yeah, one other thing to add as well, Matt. Like, yeah. it's, it's probably a little bit off topic, but when you you were obviously watching the game last night, when kind of the chips were down, did you see Bellingham? Like in terms of leadership, he was rallying oh, like, yeah, everyone. Dude, like nineteen. When Kane missed the penalty, yeah. When that video, when Kane misses the penalty, yeah. and he's like runs straight over him. Then you got someone that's twenty three, who's supposed to be fucking one of the best players in the world, just being an arrogant prick at the other end. Like, I'm all up for a bit of shit housery, but it. it Again, it's off topic with Mbappe, but it will annoy me if he's that type of player that he's a little bitch. Like you see it quite a lot with all this PSG stuff going on. I've seen a few videos where he's learned a bit of Spanish so that when he's in the Champions League, he he knows what to say to the Spanish players. Like I like little bits of shit out like that, but I'm starting to see him as a little bitch. And I was quite happy last night that you know he he had a 0.0 xg. So I was like, well, yeah, was they've done a job. All right, England lost, but they literally done a job on someone who's supposed to be one of the best players in the world. And interestingly, uh, and we'll go back on the topic for midfield threes, the French <laughs> midfield, how good was Griezmann? Uh, because he was playing in so many different positions. Like, in not just last night, in the tournament, he's been playing like a DLP, Regista, you know, advanced midfield. Like, he yeah. was playing everywhere. And, like, fuck me, the quality of that ball to Giroud was, like, perfect. He's such... He's not an underrated player, but, like, not enough credit was given to him, I think, or not enough was done about him. Um, Because, you know, you've got to try and stop him. And, I mean, arguably, he should have been sent off as well, but we'll go into the referees another day. I suppose they're like, you know, we're talking (laughs) about the midfield, right? So they're setting up and they're kind of... I mean, there's obviously concern about Mbappe and Dembele on the wings, right? And you've got your three-man midfield. I'm kind of looking at it going, you know, what could they have done better? Should they have just told Rice, look, have the ball? right? But That would, that would have taken to Rice fair, almost out of the game? I don't know. I, I said this on Twitter. When they broke for the Schumani goal, like, they should have just taken anybody out. Just commit the foul. Lost the ball. If you lose the ball and there's a counter-attack, just take someone out. Give a foul away, but that is the the Mourinho, Guardiola. You know the top managers will be they'll be bastards, and they'll just be like, just take the player out, take a, take a card, just stop the stop the. And Rice tried it on Mbappe, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he I tried it, it, missed it. Yeah. So I was like, you know, you kind of go. He was trying to give it away, but it should be earlier than that. Like you just got to be taking him out first opportunity on a counter attack. Just literally go through someone, take whatever punishments coming. But I don't think Griezmann. I think you can. We could have dealt with him. That's that's not a problem. But you look at like someone like Rabio. He's not that great. Um, but in that midfield, it works like he's just basically the donkey for running up and down. You know, he didn't really do a great deal. Chumani, um, obviously, that goal that was a banger. But again, other than that, did he do a lot? Uh, not really for me. I didn't think he he didn't dominate that midfield at all. We dominated that midfield. We just didn't take our chances. That's pretty, pretty, pretty much sums it up quite well. But yeah, Griezmann's role was really hard to define. Like as you said, Joe, he he was all over the place, and obviously he then 
because he took the majority of the set pieces too and tended to linger on whichever of the wings that they were taken for more like more than just like the the like the set piece phase he'd occasionally stay out on that side for a bit um which how many which times he was think, in his own box as well like when they were defending yeah. like i just one one of the bits sticks in my mind the ball kind of bobbled about and then he just kind of played a ball kind of over his shoulder went straight to the like the, the i think it might have been the right back it might have been Kunde. it could have been anywhere but i was just thinking there's no there's not an english player that's just flicking a ball off from his own box you know and just like on the half volley over his shoulder playing a ball like that it was just like it's just excellent technique vision like it would be hard to put a role like an fm role on what he done last night oh, i don't think it exists does it like there's no way you could Put him in a single position because he was all over the place. Um, that there there is not really an easy way to in FM to create like that proper free roll. And I guess we could kind of drag Neymar into that discussion as well because he kind of has done a similar thing for for Brazil. Maybe it's a bit easier to pigeonhole hole him into like a, a Trecartista role where it would they kind of just do what they want. But even then, they're still kind of. They tend to stay further yeah. up the pitch, whereas there was it was a true free roll. Um, I, I don't know how. Like, I guess it, we we're kind of tangenting again. But how do you create a free roll like that within FM? Like, there is. I know you used to be able to do it, uh, like pre tactical creator, but now, and I guess it's the same with like switching, uh, like getting players to properly switch positions. How do you do that? Like, I guess maybe you can't really. Is the, it's one of them things the... for, for for two, three, four players to try and make something? It's just it's not worth it. Is it? You just kind of go right it, for the game. They're pigeonholed. You know, it's like we we've spoke about um, Jao Felix before in the game. That mm-hmm. he there is no position for him in the game really. You know, he's just no. one of those players that he's got lots of good attributes, but he isn't anything. So it's a weird one. Yeah, I mean, you've got obviously you've got your roam from position and, and channels and all this kind of stuff, but short of hitting pause every five minutes and moving them around, <laughs> I think the game, the match engine is probably just too somewhat structured for it to allow that. They'd probably break it. We know what would happen then, Matt. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see, like, because I remember, like, you you'd. Um... You'd throw like the the equivalent of what what room from position was, and then their creativity would be up to max, and then just let them do what they want. Um, but I remember being able to, or at least as close as possible, recreate like the proper like total football where you've got every single player changing position with one another, and then you you pause the match at any time, and then you go go and look at who's playing where, and they're all over the shop because like the. <laughs> the game would allow you to get players you they would have like the the dual relationship between those two players but they would switch position with the another player that you've got it set to so they would literally move around all over the place and it would be havoc and you'd end up having a, like legitimately have a striker in central defense but that was kind of the whole point of total football right um i know tangents galore but this is kind of what happens when we end up doing sort of freeform chats about general football and especially particularly international football and then we just you know 
trying to relate it to FM, which I think we have done, but equally it's it's just interesting. I, I, yeah. I like having these sorts yeah. of kinds well, of discussions, I, really. I said to do, I said, I actually think we got that midfield free bang on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's been our best midfield free for a long time. And the, the I think our biggest issue was the the two wide players. I don't think, I think he's played uh, people he's maybe a bit soft for. So maybe that was he thinking that he could trust them because I mean, in the second half, I think Saka, he played very well and he didn't get helped by the referee, but we didn't give him the options. Like you look at like Odegaard and players like that when he plays for Arsenal, they like play quick triangles and they get him into space in behind. We didn't offer him that. The first time we done it, he won a penalty. So I just didn't think that was the right game for him. I think against like your Irans and teams like that, he could do well. But I think in the big games and when you've got, Players like Upper Meccano that just want to run through you, and the refs doing absolutely nothing. Like it just didn't help. And bringing Sterling on, for me, they're the same player. They're, yeah. they're the same player, and it's they they kind of do the same thing. Um, equally, playing Foden on the left hand side, you just see how many times he just floated inside looking for the ball. He's massively got a part to play for England, but whether you kind of play, you'd maybe give up that left hand side. And if you had someone like Bellingham playing on the left of the midfield, he could just go and cover all that space. Um, and you could maybe play Foden in behind Kane. I think that would probably work quite well. Um, but otherwise, I was last night I was screaming out for Rashford and maybe Grealish, even Madison maybe, to come play those wide positions just to try and give them something else. Grealish a lot more because he just draws fouls rather than like Saka was getting knocked and was going over. The ref just wasn't giving anything. Grealish tends to get in front of the player and then get fouled rather than it being kind of as a duel. Um, he he tends to just get fouled because of the way he gets his body in front of the ball. But hey ho, that's you know it's all learning co- curves. I'm I'm happy for Southgate to continue. Um, I think we've we, we've progressed the whole time he's been in charge. I think we have progressed. Um, I think he just needs to be a bit stronger with some of the players he picks. Going to bring me on to my next question, Joe. Like, if we if we were thinking about that three man midfield, um, and thinking that that's probably now something that's going to continue, it's unlikely we see Henderson in another in another tournament. So, Rice and Bellingham obviously probably nailed on. Who? What's the third? Who's the third midfielder? And then how does the role evolve? Maybe you know, you're looking at Madison, is Foden tucking in there, coming deeper? Is he sticking with Mount because he likes Mount and he trusts Mount? It's going to. I see a lot of people saying Harvey Elliott today. Mm. That's whether he. It's going to basically be someone that can do what Henderson done. And as I say, start a tournament, he wouldn't have been in my midfield, but it worked. You know, and sometimes players click together, and that's what they've done. So he's going to have to find someone that clicks with those two because he was. He was everywhere. Like he was pressing, and then when he was pressing, he was getting. He was screaming at the other players because they weren't pressing. Like you kind of need that leader. So whether Bellingham takes that on from him because they've had a little bromance, haven't they? So whether he kind of moulds himself a bit on Henderson, but it's difficult because I don't really see any other players. Madison and Foden don't won't do what Henderson does. Nor Mount. Mount Mount is another one of those players doesn't have a role. Yeah, he he is kind of he's similar to Bellingham in that he can do 
everything. But I would say he's a bit more defensively frail, but ha- equally has a you know, a proper engine on him I mean, and won the penalty, incredible work rate. Yeah, yeah, won the penalty. How was that penalty not given in the first? Oh, it's one of the clear but, cut penalties out there. You say that though, but that's one of those that you would expect that to be a shoulder. Like if in real time, I can see why the ref didn't get it, and that's why they've got VAR. Yeah, you know that it. is exactly what they've got. He can just go. I'm not giving that because that to me was shoulder to shoulder, and similar to what obviously the Brazilians were giving Michael Oliver grief for. He's like, well, that's what VAR's there. They will look at it, and they will determine. So he's got that backup going. Well, if I don't give it, VAR can overturn it. So it's kind of win-win. Well, on that win-win note, um, fuck me, was it keep me young? Okay, Matt. Sorry, you. Yeah, sorry. Now, I was talking talking about referees, and that's it. Straight to sleep. I've started. (laughs) I opened my mouth, and I was like, "Oh no!" Someone talk (laughs) to him about wrestling diamonds, quick. Uh, I what I did say, um, if you are unable to decipher it, was uh, from that win-win situation to another. We have a quiz. It's time for the quiz. Remember, said that one of my quizzes is win-win, Matthew. I'll take it. Um, I have a football manager quiz. Remember, remember those? Oh my word! What? Yeah. Do I need to close that... the game? So I've got to open at the moment. Dave, reload. Uh, no. I would like to basically let's bring it back to football manager. What we're going to do is ten questions. I'm going to be giving you a few names. And I'm going to be looking for a common link. But that common link is something to do with football manager or it's something in-game. That's, that's more associated to FM than... It could be attributes, it could be uh, things within the game, etc. You sh- you'll just see, you'll get a few. So um, if you know the link, if you think you know the link, shout your name and we'll see how you go. So let's go with question number one. So I'm looking for the link between... Kylian Mbappe, Adama Traore, and Tariq Lamptey. Nerd. But nerd in my ear. So, like 20 pace and acceleration. I'll give you the point. They all, of course, yes, do have 20 for acceleration. That gets you a point, Matt. Well done. Next question. I have Joe Cole, Carlos Tevez, Rio Ferdinand. Dupe. Dupe. They all played at West Ham. That is what I thought. And I was like, I'm not going to say it because that's too easy even for him. <laughs> even for me, that no, that's yeah. not, not correct. Sorry. I mean, Dupe, you're not completely wrong, but it's not what I'm looking for. So is it Joe, Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand? Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand. Dupe. They never played at West Ham together. Incorrect. Okay. That's nothing to do with football manager. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, because you can never play them in the same team together, a football manager. <laughs> Can't think of Joe Cole being a football manager, I'll be honest. That's, yeah, that is actually. So, what I'll tell you is Joe Cole, it's, you know, it's current football manager. So, the common link. Oh, do favorite, favorite club. They've all got favorite club of West Ham. What? 
they are all favoured personnel. I'm going to give it to you, Joe. They're all icons for West Ham in Football Manager 2023. That. I mean, Doot was pretty much there with that. He was getting there with the other round. Mm. Nice one. Let's go to question number three. Tell me the link between Gabby Barbosa, Raul Jimenez, and Harry Kane. Joe. Joe. Penalty taking 19. I'm going to give it to you, but it's penalty taking... 20. Oh, I thought David dropped Raul. We had that conversation. Yeah. So, And uh, I wrote this quiz no, before. Uh, just dropped. I wrote this quiz <laughs> yeah. before the Win- winter game. update. <laughs> just a fucking paddy to rub it in, eh? There was no uh, intention. <laughs> I wrote this quiz because we were supposed to co- record a week ago. Uh, get to right. the point, Joe. Right. Question right, number. You're right, mate. <laughs> question four. We'll remember. We always do. The question number four is. Ilke Gundogan, Roberto Firmino, Memphis Depay. All have something in common. Joe? Joe. Technique? Incorrect. Ilke Gundogan, Roberto Firmino, and Memphis Depay all have something in common at the start of the season. Tell you it's not oh. attributes based. More so contract based. Oh nerd. Matt. Contract expires at the end of the contract season. Contract expires at the end of first season in FM twenty three. Correct. You know, I did not know it would ever get to this bit, but I fucking miss Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Question number five. Karim Benzema, Mesut Ozil, and Neymar. So what links Karim Benzema, Mesut Ozil, and Neymar? Dupe. Football manager. Dupe. Oh, and football manager. I was going to say, they've all got attractive sisters. <laughs> Have they? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Vision 20. Incorrect. I just thought reversal's eyes. Oh. Good shout, but incorrect. Thanks. So Benzema, Ozil, Neymar. I can tell you, it is an attribute. It is an attribute, or it is an attribute. Yes, they all have in common. Okay. Twenty. Um, I'll go technique again. Point for Joe. It is, of course, technique. Well done. I'd also like to add, they're all currently scouts at 1860 Munich for me, so I win a point as well, all right? Is that the vision you were going for? <laughs> uh, next question. I think his first name is Joe. Is it Joseph Gvardiol? Is Joseph is his first name? Yeah, something like that. Joe Gvardiol, Michael Olise, and Harvey Elliott all have something in common in FM23. Gvardiol, Michael Olise, and Harvey Elliott. Joe? Joe. All left footed? They might be, but it's not what I'm looking for. Do your research. <laughs> right, but it's Party not it's, it's not up there. Wrong Irish. <laughs> so it's Gavardial Olise Elliot. 
attribute or non-attribute? Non-attribute. Is it a player trait? Mm. Not a player trait. Something <laughs> I'm else. I'm gonna. Say. I'm gonna say release clause. Not release clause. No. These three are one of not too many. Personality. Nerd. Sure. Nerd. Uh, same agent. Oh, I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> not good at all. Dude, you said personality. Joe? It's not personality. Yeah, I was going to say... Oh, I was going to say... They're all driven or something like that. They got, like, determination of 20. Incorrect. It's not an attribute. Something else you can uh, basically view. Search. Player search. Dual nationality. Correct. <sighs> Wonder Kids? Joe gets a point, lads. They all have the media description of Wonder Kids. Indeed. Yeah. M23, well done. Goes on four, lads. Probably should have got that with five-star potential, you know. What do we know about Wonder Kids, lads? Don't <laughs> <laughs> you know fuck all about quizzes? <laughs> Question. Well, get yourself a point. Get yourself a point, too, but you can talk. Question number seven. So you can tell me what links Deli Ali, Luis Suarez, and Sergio Ramos. Do not say it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I already know what he's going to say before he says it. Dude. Uh They all do not have 20 for technique. Incorrect. Uh, penalty taken. Incorrect. Um, I can tell you it's not an attribute. Um, shit family no, trees Deli Ali Deli Ali Luis Suarez Sergio <laughs> Ramos Dupe Very lovely guys Dupe Aggression Not aggression It's not an attribute You're oh. not a million miles away Is it Personality type Not personality type I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with The player but, trait From the week before Which one A player trait Yes, which player trait? Uh, <laughs> likes to wind up uh, opponents. Yes, do. Point yeah. on the board. All three like to wind up opponents. Uh, <laughs> that was question... Uh, that was seven. Question number eight. Leonardo Bonucci, Fabio Quagliarella, Quagliarella and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, dupe. Dupe. You can't pronounce either of them. <laughs> <laughs> that me correct. That's coming from Duke, that yeah. hurts. <laughs> That's not hurt. I hit the call. And I, and I took that one personally. <laughs> um, Sleep on not. your own dribble. Bonucci, Quagliarella. I can't pronounce it. I'm in his head, lad. I'm in his head. How do I pronounce this guy's name? Quagliarella or Zlatan Ibrahimovic. All three of them have this. They're all old as fuck. They're all old as fuck. And that is true, right? So maybe something that might be connected. Yeah. Uh, leadership. Yes, Joe. What about it? They've all got the same leadership. Attribute. Yes, they all have 20 leadership in football manager. Question number nine. What links these three clubs? Anderlecht, Girona, New York City FC. Anderlecht, Girona, NYC FC. In football manager. Worry about Nerd. Nerd. They're all feeder clubs. Of Man City. 
Man City, yeah. We'll get you a point there, lads. Well, got that's good teamwork. The, yeah. They're all affiliates of Manchester City. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the Anderlecht one. It's like the unofficial company link, right? Yeah, the and they signed Sergio Gomez, didn't they, in the in the summer yeah. as well from Anderlecht? Final question: You'll be happy to know. So tell me what links these three clubs: Juventus, Schalke. Napoli. Won it all by bloody cheating. Dupe. Uh, they've all had the incorrect names. Yes, in indeed, versions. that is correct. They all had fake names in uh version of Football Manager at some point. So we had Juventus, commonly known as... Jesus. Debra. Can you remember the Schalke one? Gelsenkirchen. Gelsenkirchen. Yes, Gelsenkirchen, correct. And of course, in this year's uh, FM23, Napoli are known as... Napoli. Adam Boom. Parthenope. Oh, Very random indeed. Parthenons. Mm. It was... Who was... What were they? Uh, what was Juventus's name? They, they nicked off FIFA. Calcio. Calcio. Something, wasn't it? Can't remember what yeah. it was. No, I can't either. Piemonte Calcio, that's, wasn't it? You know, you that's know, the yeah. FIFA one. Pinamonte. It was something like that, wasn't it? It was something like that. Yeah. Del Monte. Man from. Rep, rep Man it up, from boy. Del Monte. I can tell you that tonight's winner of the quiz on we four know, points was, of course, Joe. Isn't the right list? Oh, okay. Well done. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, congratulations, Joseph. And um, if you're all still awake, thank you for all listening. Um, that brings uh, episode 278 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. Is there anything that we need to plug at this moment, gentlemen, that I'm not aware of? Actually, halfway yeah. through something, Matt, about retraining. It's linked to the topic we had earlier. Uh, out there, we'll say. But we, we might see it in the next week. And we'll try and get Azapardi on for next week. Um, can I just also plug uh, the fact that if you'd like to know a bit more about my uh, 1860 save, then I do do podcasts. Find me on Twitter, and there's a little bit more in depth podcast on there. The Dope Scoop. That's the bad the scoop. Pooper scoop. Scoop to poop. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for those plugs, gentlemen. Links will be in the description, probably. Uh, Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Closing in on Christmas. Christmas special, maybe. Say goodbye, folks. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming.